This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This Day in Crime is released every day, Monday through Saturday. For ad-free listening and exclusive bonus content, subscribe to TenderFit Plus at tenderfitplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. Let's start the show. Ain't no party like a Thursday party because a Thursday party don't stop. That's a parody song I just made up. And for no other reason than I needed something different to open today's show with. I'm Todd McComas, and this is Thursday, but you're not here to party. You're here to catch up on crime news. So without further ado, here's Laura Benson. Snoop Dogg sues over breakfast cereal. Watch out for Metallic Cinnamon, an entrepreneurial drug dealer, taking your truck surfing, and a guy shoves a ton of iPhones down his pants. All this and more coming up on This Day in Crime. I'm your host, Laura Benson, and today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024. My first story today comes to you out of Emeryville, California, part of the greater San Francisco Bay Area. This story has a visual aid, so if you haven't yet seen the video from yesterday of the gentleman stealing a ton of iPhones, you definitely want to. My describing this in no way does justice to how ridiculous this theft is. We reshared the video on X, so go there now, watch it as you listen to me tell about it, or listen, then watch, or pause the show, watch, listen. Anyway, however you do it, you've got to watch it. This thing has gone viral. The video shows a young man wearing black joggers and a hoodie with a ski mask, eyes, forehead, and hair all completely visible, making the rounds and ripping iPhones out of their display stations at an Apple store, then stuffing them into his pants. It's almost like a dance. He does this so smoothly. This happened at about 10.30 in the morning yesterday in Emeryville, California, as mentioned, so there are a lot of folks watching it happen and filming. He then walks out of the store, holding up the elastic belt of his pants with a bunch of iPhones around his ankles. This is my favorite part, the confident iPhones around the ankles waddle. He strides directly past an Emeryville police car that is parked in front of the store, over to his own vehicle that was double parked across the street, and he drives away. It's amazing. I had so many questions when I first watched this. Mostly, why is there a police car parked right in front that's not doing anything? But the Emeryville Police Department shared that, quote, the police vehicle out in front of the store is the department's ghost car, which is parked at various locations to be a police presence to try and prevent criminal activity. They might need a new plan for these ghost cars. They clearly aren't working very well. No one was injured and no one has yet to be arrested. This theft happened about simultaneously to a theft at the Berkeley Apple store yesterday as well. Berkeley is Emeryville's neighbor to the north. Three people were arrested this morning for stealing 40 to 50 iPhones, and police are investigating their connections to other organized retail thefts in the area. However, they didn't clearly state any connections expected between these two Apple store thefts. The Berkeley theft doesn't have a video to go with it, so it's arguably a lot less fun. 
Quick update to this story from about noon Pacific time today. Tyler Mims, who's 22, was arrested for stealing these 50 phones, worth $49,230. Mims also appears to have been connected to the broader coordinated theft that includes the Berkeley store location as well. Now, I know this is a PR nightmare for the local police department, and they probably dropped everything to nab this guy, but I kind of wanted him to get away with it. Apple can obviously spare the 50 grand, and broad daylight, red sneakers, phones and pants, walking past a cop car, it's just so good. Did you know that Snoop Dogg has a cereal brand? I somehow missed this one when it launched last year, but Snoop is pissed that Snoop cereal has been intentionally kept off shelves. Snoop Dogg, whose legal name is Calvin Broadus, and his Broadus Foods co-founder, Percy Master P. Miller, filed a lawsuit on Tuesday against Walmart and Post Foods, claiming the companies sabotaged their cereal brand. According to the lawsuit, Snoop cereal was, quote, intentionally kept in the stockrooms of Walmart stores, marked with no location coding, preventing them from being placed on the store shelves. Broadus Foods apparently entered into a partnership with Post Brands in 2022, aiming to pioneer a major Black-owned cereal brand that could be distributed widely to consumers and could also empower and encourage other Black and minority entrepreneurs to sell their products in the space. However, the point of contention the lawsuit focuses around is the fact that Broadus Foods did not want to exclusively sell the brand of cereal to Post, and Post took revenge. When Snoop cereal hit the shelves last summer, it had immediate success, with consumers clamoring to find and purchase it. Obviously. However, the cereal soon seemed to be sold out in stores, but Walmart employees discovered boxes of Snoop cereal in stockrooms that were, quote, coded not to be put out on the store shelves, leaving the boxes in the backrooms for months. According to Broadus's lawyer, quote, because Snoop Dogg and Master refused to sell Snoop cereal in totality, Post entered into a false arrangement where they could choke Broadus Foods out of the market, thereby preventing Snoop cereal from being sold or produced by any competitor. The lawsuit filed in Minnesota further claims that Walmart charged as much as $10 per box in stores where they did shelf the cereal. Often, the boxes ended up in other sections of the store, including the baby section, rather than in the cereal aisle. The musicians are seeking monetary damages from Walmart and Post brands for breach of contract, fiduciary duty, and negligent misrepresentation. Good news for those of you who want to get your hands on a box is the company now sells the cereal on Amazon for $5.99 a box. Obviously, your life is missing something. So let's take a quick break to see if this is it. Bringing you more breaking news from the breakfast aisle, the FDA identified a single cinnamon supplier as likely responsible for recalled pouches of applesauce containing irregularly high levels of lead. This is one of those stories that highlights how tricky our current global food production chain is. Lead-tainted applesauce packets have been linked to the recent poisoning of over 400 Americans across 43 states, many of which are children. On Tuesday, the FDA announced that authorities in Ecuador have named a suspect in the debacle, but the U.S. has limited authority to take steps against him. This investigation has been ongoing for months, with potentially tainted applesauce having been recalled back in November. And in December, the FDA cited a company, Wanabana, for failing to test its cinnamon applesauce pouches for heavy metals. Finally, through coordinated efforts between the FDA and Ecuador's equivalent agency, Carlos Aguilera, a cinnamon grinder, has been named as the likely source of the poisonings. 
The cinnamon sticks that Aguilera grinds and processes are grown and harvested in Sri Lanka. Cinnamon sticks that had not yet been processed by him tested out fine, so it seems like the unnervingly high levels of lead are being introduced somewhere in his grinding and processing. In the past, other spices such as turmeric have been intentionally tainted using lead and other substances by sellers either wanting to hide defects in their products or inflate their profits. The FDA is currently trying to determine whether the addition of the lead is intentional or not. Unfortunately, according to a statement, quote, the FDA has limited authority over foreign ingredient suppliers who do not directly ship products to the U.S. That is because their food undergoes further manufacturing and processing prior to export. Thus, the FDA cannot take direct action with Negasmart, the cinnamon distributor, or Carlos Aguilera. Yikes. So even if they determine that this guy is intentionally adding lead to cinnamon, they might not be able to do anything about it. This is admittedly a bit of a downer. I'm not really sure what the conclusion is here. Maybe we all stop eating cinnamon or any spice? We go back to the days of making our own applesauce? We push companies to test their products? Yeah, let's go with that one. This next story actually comes from our northern neighbors. We usually just stick to things going on in this wild country of ours, but this one is too good. An entrepreneurial Canadian drug dealer has been handing out business cards with cocaine sampler bags attached to them. That's right, a new kind of free sample. Syed Amir Razavi, 30, was caught on Saturday with more than 50 dime bags of portioned drugs and a mostly empty box of the business cards, which were made out under the alias Alex Lee. Even when it's an alias, you're still giving out your contact information on a card with cocaine attached to it. No wonder this guy was found out. Cops have been looking for Razavi, codename Lee, since December, when he was allegedly handing out these cards and cocaine outside a casino in Calgary. After six weeks of stringing together enough evidence for a search warrant, officers were able to search his home and found 60 grams of cocaine in many tiny baggies, Alex Lee's business cards, and a drug scale. Razavi was charged with two counts of trafficking a controlled substance, one count of possession for the purpose of trafficking, and three counts of possession of proceeds of crime under $5,000. Razavi was released from custody and will next appear in court at the end of the month. Do they have Costco in Canada? I wonder if that's where he got this idea from. It's not my fault the truck don't surf. A New York man really embraced the whole Florida man lifestyle on Tuesday when he took his truck for a joyride on a closed beach. Jason Brzukowicz drove his Dodge pickup truck around a closed gate to get into a beach that was closed due to high surf and weather conditions. Now, folks are apparently allowed to bring their cars onto this beach when it's open, but Brzukowicz didn't want to wait for the storm to pass. Video of the incident from the sheriff's office showed him in his white pickup truck driving around the shallow waters on the beach and even attempting a donut at one point. When deputies arrived, they reminded him that the beach was closed due to the bad weather, to which he replied, can I get in trouble for that? Yeah, says the deputy, yeah. He was charged with the violation of a Volusia County ordinance, the failure to pay vehicular access fees, and was held on a $200 bond. The truck was also towed by law enforcement. By the way, he has the best booking photo. This dude is smiling ear to ear with his windswept hair all in disarray. He really looks like he had the time of his life even if his truck couldn't surf. Well, that's all for today. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll see you next week for another set of criminal activity, lawsuits I love, and ridiculous goings-on. Enjoy Todd's weekly recap tomorrow and Jessica Knowles back in crime on Saturday. 
This Day in Crime is a production of Tenderfoot TV in partnership with Odyssey, produced in association with Burning Mountain Productions. Sources for today's episode and full credits can be found in the show notes, and you can follow us on social media at This Day in Crime. We're back at it tomorrow. Thanks for listening.